Hello listeners, welcome to Pali, the Hindu's weekly discussion podcast. I'm Prashant Perumal, your host for today. The union government last month set up the NARCL or the National Asset Reconstruction Company Limited under the Companies Act. It thus delivered on the promise it made during this year's budget to set up a bad bank to clean up the balance sheets of commercial banks. Under the new setup, the NARCL will take over loans or bad loans rather, worth over or almost 2 lakh crore rupees from the books of commercial banks. It will then acquire these bad loans at a mutually agreed price, paying almost uh, paying around 15% of the price upfront in cash to the banks and then issue security deposits, security receipts in lieu of the remaining amount. The NARCL will then try to resolve these bad loans in a time-bound manner with the help from the India Debt Resolution Company Limited. In case, of the, in case the NARCL is unable to sell these bad loans at a satisfactory price, uh, the center will step in and fund the gap when it comes to the security reserves. But the overall budget limit is within uh, 30,600 crore rupees. To discuss the center's latest policy proposal, I have with me Mr. Ajit Ranade, who is the chief economist at the Aditya Birla Group. And Mr. C.P. Chandrasekhar, who is a professor at the Center for Economic Studies and Planning at the Jawaharlal Nehru University. Uh, welcome to both the guests. Uh, Mr. Ajit, I'd like to uh, start with you first. I want to ask a very fundamental question about like, uh, what's the need at all to like, uh, bail out banks through this uh, bad bank proposal? Uh, what the, I think the alternative is to like, uh, uh, let banks recognize their losses fully and uh, probably like, let insolvent banks fail. Like, uh, I think uh, the, uh, with that solution, I guess like, you'll also avoid the risk of moral hazard uh, that, that's linked with bailouts. So what's your take on that? Sir? Oh, it is, first of all, uh, one time and a time bound effort. So it is to uh, remove the uh, these uh, bad assets uh, from the balance sheet of the bank. <clears throat> And these are uh, so that uh, frees up capital, which allows uh, bank lending to grow. As you know, uh, credit growth is important for economic growth, and credit growth can be constrained if the balance sheet is constrained due to the presence of uh, bad assets. Uh, so that, that's uh, one of the main objectives of removing these things from the balance sheets of the existing banks and and consolidating them in a uh, in what is being referred to as a bad bank, uh, and the resolution and recovery process can continue. So, uh, in fact, it is not one bad bank. The proposed design is two. It separates the uh, the the trustee part of it, the, the NARCL, the National Asset Reconstruction Company Limited, which is where the assets will uh, sit, and a separate company which will be engaged in the recovery and uh, the turnaround of those assets so it's it's a it's a two twin structure but the main purpose is to free the existing bank uh, free the existing banking capital to enable higher credit growth mr chandrasekhar your take on it yeah so you know regarding your question of why exactly do they want to uh, resolve this issue of bad assets which have accumulated in the books of banks um, well, there are many, but two, I think, are quite crucial. One, of course, is the fact that there are depositors involved here. If you allow banks to fail, that would mean that depositors who operated under the presumption that the regulatory framework would protect their money 
uh, would would be undermined, excepting to the extent that there is uh, uh, deposit insurance. But deposit insurance is a small amount. It might uh, help the smallest of depositors, but there would be a significant loss for others. So historically, what we found is that not just in India, but elsewhere as well, central banks would try to actually save banks um, uh, either by uh, bailing them out or by amalgamating them with stronger banks or, or some such uh, instrument in order to be able to protect the depositors. Second, of course, is that there is a systemic problem. If banks uh, fail, then in, if it's one bank, you might say that, oh, it's just the depositors who are taking the hit and those who got other uh, investments in the bank. But if, it's, if, if that sets off um, a sort of contagion effect, uh, you could actually have systemic problems. And uh, the feature of the financial system is it's, it's characterized by very strong externalities. It doesn't stop with the financial system. And particularly banks, which are the core of the settlement payments and settlement system and the core of the, the credit pipe in the, in, 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 in the economy, that allowing them to go down would be a problem. And finally, just briefly, you know, there is also the problem that the other option which is available is really for the government to decide that it's going from its, from its budget, actually ensure the solvency of the banks by getting them to write off these bad assets and recapitalizing them. But uh, that would involve a significant flow out, flow out of the budget. Already the government has done some, but the magnitude of the problem is such that it obviously has decided that it can't actually tax the budget or burden the budget anymore. Uh, to that degree, and wants to restrict it to what you said, 30,600 crores. But, but isn't there the risk of moral hazard, like when you bail out banks? I mean, Mr. Ajit said it was just going to be a one-time bailout. So even then, I think, isn't that the risk of a moral hazard, like it makes banks more complacent? Well, yeah, in coming, we have to first of all look at which is the more, more, more important problem. Is the systemic risk, for the risk to the system itself? Is it the the impact it would have on depositors and the social and political implications of that, or it is the moral hazard. But secondly, I mean, moral hazard is, is particularly a problem when banks are predominantly privately owned. But here we have a system in which banks are predominantly publicly owned. So it's actually, in, in some sense, the result of the state allowing its banks to function in a particular way, or the state using the banks as an instrumentality for certain purposes, which has created the problem. So, I mean, you know, it's 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 not that the state would would salvage the banks and you know there'd be model hazard. I mean, model hazard is for the state itself to realize that it has created the problem and needs to resolve it. Okay, got it. Thank you, uh, Mr. Ajit. Uh, like, why do you think the governments opted for the bad bank plan rather than like uh, infuse like capital directly into banks? Uh, like, uh, this seems like a circular, I mean, like a more roundabout path to bailing out banks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Prashant, uh, first of all, these uh, so-called bad loans, uh, they are considering uh, moving something like 2 lakh crores in, over, in the next couple of years. These have been completely written down on the bank balance sheet. So they have been 100% provisioned, okay? So not written down, sorry, provisioned. However, the manpower of these banks, uh, as, as Mr. Chandrasekhar said, mostly public sector banks, there is considerable amount of manpower spent on recovery and supervision uh, and you know, uh, on the, the even after 100% provisioning, the banks continue to try recoveries. Now it's important that this this aspect, this resource, be moved into a separate entity which is exclusively focused on recovery, so that the bank can then 
uh, focus on its core business, which is business development, new loans, credit growth, and so on. And uh, it is not an uh, exclusive uh, either or. Uh, the banks, of course, for their own growth, will need capital to be capitalized as credit growth. If we indeed get to seven or eight percent uh, GDP growth, we our credit might uh, start growing at fifteen to twenty percent, which will require the bank balance sheets to grow. Therefore, it will require additional capital. So it is not as if the uh, uh, budget, uh, to the extent of public sector banks, will will continue to pour more capital. But uh, as far as tackling the the bad loans, the NPA is concerned, at least that will now move to a separate entity. So, so it is not as if uh, capital will not, you know, recapitalization will continue. Okay, uh, Dr. Chandrasekhar, your take: like, Do you prefer a bad bank over a capital infusion or a direct capital infusion? Yeah. Well, let's. It, I, we have to see this in in a context. It's a context of accumulated bad debt being addressed over a period of time, almost sequentially, sometimes through many mechanisms. So, you know, we had the low Adalats, we had the debt recovery tribunals, then we had the Surfacey Act, which was supposed to give creditors much more power to be able to recover their, their you know, at least a significant share of their bad debt. Uh, and then we had the IBC, you know, and the whole, uh, the, the, the understanding till recently was that the IBC is actually going to be uh, a, a mechanism which would allow quick resolution and resolution in which the haircut which the banks would have to take would be relatively small. And that would actually be, make it make it possible within some kind of a, of, 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 of a budgetary understanding for the state to be able to, um, to recapitalize these banks. Now, the, 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 the point is that, you know, if you have a, a government which is completely committed to a very fiscal, a sort of conservative fiscal stance, of keeping its uh, fiscal deficit at, at some level, whatever it may be, may, maybe not three percent, but four percent, four and a half percent, whatever it is. Uh, then, obviously, to think of going through a process in which these large amounts of accumulated debt would be cleared essentially through a process of partial write-off and recapitalization, that that cannot be sustained if the haircuts are large. So when the IBC started, it appeared as if you know you're actually going to you know get a pretty high rate of recovery, um, you know, as in steel and so on and so forth. But though it is now is clear that that was the low, low that that was the low hanging fruit. As you moved along, increasingly the rate of recovery began to decline quite sharply, and in fact, it reached a stage in you know in things like videocon industries, etc in which even the NCLT, the, the company law tribunal, had to say that, listen, I mean, you know, this is an absurd figure at which you're settling this bad debt. So, so the point is, I think, uh, in, in some sense, by adopting this kind of a mechanism, the government seems to think it would be in a position to be able to, in some way, paper over this contradiction, the need to resolve the bad debt problem and its unwillingness to allocate significant amounts from its budget. So then you say that I'll give you 36,000 crores to clear 2 lakh crores. Now, 36,000 crores and 2 lakh crores is about 15%. Now, if, if, if there is a decent negotiation between the, the, um, the, uh, and the ARC, the Asset Reconstruction Company and the banks, the ARC would try to keep the price down to that minimum level because it would tell the bank, listen, you'll get this 15% in any case, even if, we, if it's zero. But we don't want the price to go above that because if it goes above that, then in fact it you know 
that there is going to be a problem that uh, i guess that i guess that's the problem that a lot of these private uh, the the system of private arcs are at as well right i mean uh, because right now they've chosen to have a public bad bank but we've already got like uh, around like 25 or something uh, private asset reconstruction companies and the mm-hmm. banks haven't been uh, like willing to sell so so is that is the government actually trying to solve that problem through this Well, I don't know, but basically, you see, it's 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 you know there is a problem here because the investments, the investments into these, there are some sixteen banks which have invested in the NARCL. Fifty-one percent minimum of the holding is going to be of public banks because obviously, if you're giving this guarantee, you want to say that you're giving the guarantee to to a publicly controlled institution. Okay, so so the point is, the banks are negotiating with themselves. they have put money into the narcl which is partly true of the arcs as well and then the narcl is going to negotiate with the banks on what's going to be the discount on the bad debt which is going to be taken off their books so we'll have to see how this thing evolves there is there is uh, there is whole set of issues here mr ajit your take like uh, what exactly is the need for bavo when you've already got all these private asset reconstruction companies so how do you see this see uh, the uh, first of all in ibc there was a proposal from the rbi as you know to uh, have a automatic process where uh, after the you know it's declared as an npa and after there is a time given for resolution uh, all cases will move to the ibc but that case was challenged in the supreme court and they lost the case so now the that automatic and mandatory process is not available to banking okay and uh, as mr chandrashekar also said uh, the record of ibc cases by the way uh, now banks cannot there is no automatic process but whichever cases are lining up there many cases are actually uh, getting resolved at close to liquidation value which was not the purpose of the whole purpose of ibc is actually it is for its resolution uh, it is for resolving not for liquidation liquidation is not the primary purpose of ibc so we are back to you know how to how to get recover value from the uh, from the bad assets and you know the, the what the narcl is doing is it's providing an asset plat- resolution platform which is of, of which is for the banks and by the banks as as you said and it's a you know it is a creation of the banking system indian banking system there have been some 28 odd uh, private arcs Uh, which have uh, perhaps you know not performed uh, or not been able to uh, deliver on the promise but these uh, now narcl is supposed to deal with uh, as uh, bad loans which are of at least 500 crore or above and uh, this structure which has been proposed for the implementation of this platform is that they have divided the asset acquisition and trusteeship has been segregated divided from the asset resolution the primary purpose is resolution that is try and find some turnaround specialists or m&a specialists who will recover some value and if they can recover uh, something like uh, even perhaps uh, 25% that will that's that's more than what the record shows so far but the narcl structure is only for asset acquisition and trusteeship where security receipts are uh, issued partly cash partly security and the other uh, other organization that's already uh, the debt resolution that will actually have incentive because the profit share will go if they recover above a particular value they'll they'll also get the profit share so the incentives are aligned so i think it is a fair you know i would say this is a, a fair effort because of course we have tried multiple things uh, you know from surface c when creditor rights were strengthened almost 20 years ago when the law was passed 
from dead, dead tribunals. But you know, uh, there has been so much gridlock that this uh, bad bank is an idea which is worth trying. And as I said, it is not meant to be a permanent feature. It's a one-time thing. They say we will only move to lakh crores, and we will only deal with that chunk. So Shantashika, I, this, this, yeah. I, I think, however, we must, we must, uh, you know, we must uh, uh, underline one possibility, and that possibility is that since basically the government has said that to start with, in the case of this, this two lakh crore, that we are going to give, be in a position only to cover as much as fifteen percent of this amount, which is the 36, I mean, how the 36,000 crores is going to be, you know, distributed across a large number of uh, chunks of bad debt, which would be, uh, you know, shifted into the books of the NARCL has to be seen. But the point is, the, the, the real issue, therefore, is that where are we going to go beyond this 15%? Because in essence, what's going to happen is if you don't go very much beyond this 15%, you're going to be in a situation where the banks are still going to carry carry the burden of course they provided for it that's that's there but they're still the fact is that they are that, that that's a technical write-off and provisioning now you actually try and recover as much as possible if you're not recovering you are in some sense uh, saying that okay in, in in you know in terms of some some you know past profitability or future profitability whatever it may be you're taking a hit uh, in order to be able to cover this difference and on the other hand, if you look at those who defaulted on this debt, a large number of them being big corporates, that they are going to walk away. They are going to walk away because this would say that, oh, now we've resolved it, you know, that we provided for it and we've resolved it and, you know, whatever it may be, 20%, 15%, 25%, 30%, of which 15%, if it's less than 15%, will be covered by, by the government. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, there is that thing that, uh, you know, banks might be left with the... Uh, now, not explicitly declared new losses, but losses nevertheless, which have been provided for. Whereas those who defaulted would, in some sense, be let off in terms of their assets not being seized in any significant measure. So, Ajit, do you see the risk of that happening? Like uh, uh, certain debtors actually being let off loose through the system? Or? No, no, I mean, there are two different things. See, one is to get after the defaulters, and there's a process for that. And the other is to get and try to recover the asset and recover value, economic value. So I think these are two different things. It's not as if they're going to go scot-free because if there is, in fact, if there's an established criminal uh, negligence or criminal uh, activity that has that, you know, there is a separate process for that. So pursuing the uh, the uh, pursuing that and pursuing and recovery of the asset are two different things. Moreover, you know, what this is doing is it is focusing the energies, as I said, you all said and done, banking personnel, uh, you know, there's only finite amount, you know, resource. So either you focus on business development or you focus on uh, turnaround or recovery of assets. So what, what essentially this uh, NAR sale process is doing is bringing it all under one roof. And that is going to be a specialist team doing only that. And I do agree that this is not to be seen as a recurring thing. Every now and then bad assets will keep moving from the existing banking balance sheets into this. If that happens on a recurring basis, then of course you are inviting uh, tendency of uh, what we call moral hazard. That is, then there is no effort from the bank per se to try and recover. So that's we 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 are aware of that danger. But since we are dealing with the accumulated, you know, problem. No, but Dr. Ranjit, the, the point is that at the moment, if you look at the end of last financial year, 
The NPAs on the books of these banks are in, in the range of about 8.35 lakh crore. We are talking about 2 lakh crore, of which 90,000 is 100% provided for, 90,000 crores 100% provided for, and the other is near fully provided for, the balance 110,000. We, there's still going to be 6,35,000 crore sitting on those books, which need to be either recovered or resolved or whatever it may be. So even if it's not new bad debt, this is not going to get rid of the whole problem. It's, this is just an experiment to see whether this is a better device than the IBC. No, I agree. So exactly. So that's the point that uh, that's a good, uh, I'm glad you raised that, that we are just taking uh, perhaps one fourth of the, not even one fourth, one fifth, one fourth or one fifth problem away. And remember, the vintage of these assets which are moving is at least four to five years. It's not like they've gone bad yesterday. The vintage is of four to five years. So, and, and the best uh, hope is, I think, 20 to 25 or 30% recovery. So, the, hopefully, you know, the remaining, the, the banking personnel will be able to devote and focus their energies on the remaining problem and continue with the recovery uh, efforts. So, it's a, it's a, you know, what we call, it's a combination. There is no either or, there are no extra corner solution. There is no, there's no binary that you prove, put everything in uh, responsibility as one thing or there. Remember, also some cases are going into IBC. By the way, this debt resolution, which is a twin of NARCL, will have to pull out cases from IBC. Some of the cases will have to be pulled out and, and resolved outside IBC framework. That's also one of the possibilities. See, there is an incentive, profit incentive that's been given. That's why the other organization has 4951 ownership uh, in favor of the private sector. So that... And and the and the personnel, the hiring there, the, their pay structure, the incentives are going to be slightly different, uh, and uh, so they will have an incentive to recover higher values, and that that profit will be shared. But fundamentally, since these uh, the bad bank itself is kind of owned by these banks, uh, which already have this uh, debt problem, uh, I mean bad loan problem. Do you think they really have incentive structure that's very different from the public sector bank? Because the, uh, both both public sector banks as well as the uh, bad bank is owned by the same owners, I guess, right? I'd actually like both your viewpoints, yeah. But the staffing is going to be done differently. The staffing, the pay scale and all for the, uh, what is that called? The, 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 the other organization, debt, the IDRC, it's Indian Debt, Debt Resolution Corporation. Their staffing and pay scales will be different. So it will be much more, I mean, I can give you an example. For example, when State Bank of India runs an asset management company, mutual fund, the mutual fund employees are not on the same pay scale as State Bank of India. The managing director may be from SBI. But everybody else is completely on market determined salaries. So uh, we have to recognize that uh, the the incentives, the pay structure, the staffing, the talent, and ultimately governance. That's what's going to be matter. So there, we can't we can't we can't wish away the importance of that. Mr. Chandrasekhar, do you think the separation is going to be strict? There, there is a lack of clarity about certain things. One is the price, the discount which is going to be negotiated. It appears is going to be negotiated between NARCL and the bank. Okay. Once it's moved onto the books of NARCL, then the disposal is going to be handed over to this uh, debt resolution company. Now, obviously, as is the case of the private ARCs we've had in the past, both these entities would also be charging a managerial fee. So they're going to cover a large part of their costs as a result of, 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 of through the managerial fees that they're going to charge to manage and dispose of these assets. So what is going to be the incentive which would drive the, ID, the IDRCL, which is the debt resolution company, to try and get the maximum price possible is not really, is not really all that clear. Because it but, would get that's because, because the difference is that the existing ARCs, of which there are about 28 of them, 
there is no guarantee for the value that will be recovered from the security receipt. So typically what happens is the asset reconstruction company or NARCL will purchase the bad asset from the bank at a value which is of course much lower than the written down value. So the average purchase price for existing ARCs is something like 36%. But there is no, uh, and, and out of the 36%, they'll pay part in, partly in cash, one-fourth cash, and remaining is, uh, is paid in terms of the security receipts. But there is no backing for the security receipts. They, they may end up being of zero value. So the actual recovery could be just one-fourth of 36, which is 9%. Whereas in the new structure, the uh, average purchase price will be lower, which is 18%. But the remaining security receipts, uh, you know, the, the, the component, the non-cash component will go, is going to be covered by the government guarantee up to 30,000 crores. Mm -hmm. So that if, in, itself changes the incentives, uh, uh, you know. And in addition... Yeah, but, the, the, but the point is, you see, uh, the government amended the, the law to actually say that the private ARCs had to have skin in the game. That is why they had to take 15%. They had to take over 15%. So if they actually go and sell it at zero value, they would lose. Of course, they still have the benefit of, of, of charging those managerial fees, which those who have studied this say that it was, was very high in many cases. And so you could still try and, you know, get rid of, you know, and lose that 15% that you're paying and, 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 and walk away with the net return because of the high managerial fees you're charging. But, but the point is that the whole idea was give them you know, get them to, you know, have some skin in the game so that they'll try and get a better price. And here, in essence, what you're doing is that you're saying that that, that responsibility has been taken, taken over by the government because the government is saying that, listen, okay, 15%, I guarantee, if we take, if we take an equal distribution because 30,000 crores is about, is about 15% of, of 2 lakh crores. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, they, have, they have provided some enhanced... You know, that is, you know, it's not all that clear and easy to understand. I actually like to move to the next question. Like, uh, I, I want to like understand if the bad bank, uh, uh, the proposal actually addresses the root cause of the banking crisis at all. So, is, is this like a temporary band-aid just to get banks to lend? Mr. Ajit, you can. This uh, the fact is that over the last few years, uh, even if you uh, ignore the pandemic year before, the, the 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 bad NPA ratio was mounting. Okay, and. Um, uh, we we had you know we we have tried many things in the past, so um, now we the we need to bring that uh, bring that problem or the challenge to somewhat manageable 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 proportions. So uh, in that sense, the bad bank is taking a small chunk out of the NPS, but whether it will continue to grow, NPS will continue to grow. But of course, during the pandemic, as you know. Uh, a lot of businesses were badly affected. The, uh, the Reserve Bank of India came in with a moratorium, so that that helped. Then there have been some relaxation on other recognition of uh, you know sectoral. There was the KV Kamat Committee also, which looked at uh, several sectors. So as we come out of the pandemic, post-pandemic recovery, uh, we'll have to you know the, 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 this uh, we'll have to see how to uh, address this challenge of uh, uh, bad loans in the sense that. Uh, there are viable businesses. We just need more time to restructure and to uh, to bounce back. We are already seeing signs of demand revival across sectors, uh, with with the vaccination uh, proportions rising. There'll be uh, there'll be kind of uh, con uh, consumer spending and the festivals demand. So uh, hopefully, you know, if when, when we see the demand revival, that also will will uh, I mean will help the banks. Uh, 
uh, balance sheets as well. I mean, the credit growth is currently low, uh, but uh, with demand revival and retail credit, of course, you know, all that, all those things. So the bad bank, uh, uh, sorry, the bad loan development will depend on all these factors, how the economy revives. I don't think we are in, I mean, of course, you know, uh, bad uh, loans are a function of business cycles. When, you know, when there's cyclical ups and downs, obviously during down cycle, the bad ratio increases, but in, in a good cycle, the bad, the bad loan ratio comes down. The, the idea is to keep it within manageable uh, proportions. Remember that when you say uh, something is a bad loan, if it, it is completely provisioned for, then there's a big difference between gross NPAs and net NPAs. If the gross NPA ratio is, let's say, 8%, but if the net NPA ratio is 2%, then it's much more manageable. <clears throat> that means completely provisioned for, at least from a balance sheet perspective. Mr. Chandrasekhar, your take, like, uh, does the bad bank proposal address the fundamental? I think we should, we should also, you know, look at, uh, there's a structural issue involved here, you see, and then structural issues of the following kind. The, the feature of this round, as opposed to what we had in the 80s and 90s of the accumulation of this large volume of bad debt, is that a, a significant, an overwhelming share of this is corporate debt, which has been default, and corporate debt, which is given to, 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 to corporates, which have made large capital intensive investments, even in, you know, in infrastructural areas. So power, power generation, power distribution, roads, uh, even uh, tourism infrastructure, you know, I mean, you know, big hotel chains, which are, you know, now burdened with debt, uh, um, etc. So, so the point is, why did this come about? Because if we looked at the earlier principle, which was followed as part of policy, financing capital intensive, large projects, including those in infrastructure, was seen as something which has to occur, one, through the budget, where the government actually undertakes investment through its capital formation. Two, it's funded through development finance institutions, specialized development finance institutions with support from the central bank and, of course, from, from, from the budget at, at certain points of time. And three, which never materialized, the idea was that you need to finance it through long-term capital, which means you need, a, you need an active bond market. And we don't really have a significantly active you know, bond market uh, even now. Slightly better, but definitely not enough to finance this. Now, the, the, the crucial element of this was, was the other was that the other two, one, the government decided that it cannot actually continue to finance this because of the fact that it couldn't mobilize the resources to finance investments in these areas. Two, it decided as part of financial liberalization to actually get the financial institutions to set up uh, commercial banks and and you know reverse merge the commercial banks. I mean, reverse merge the the um, the financial institute, the development financial institutions into these commercial banks, you know. So you don't have an IDBI, we don't have an uh, you know ICICI, IFCI went down a completely different route. Therefore, the burden of financing this kind of thing was transferred by the state because it controlled the banking system to the public banks. And banks are not supposed to do too much of this. Why? Because of the fact that there are significant liquidity and maturity mismatches. Bank takes, takes money from depositors who are looking at short maturities or relatively short maturities. They want a high degree of liquidity, even if it's a fixed deposit and so on. And on the other hand, if you go and tie up your money in long-term uh, projects, which are illiquid in, in some measure and not in the sense that you want to pick up a road and sell it, but to sell the paper, which actually underlies that asset, is also going to be quite difficult and there's a high degree of illiquidity. 
and it's those kinds of assets which account for a large part of the of 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 the uh, bad assets that we accumulated and it's not that we, there was no effort to try and resolve this the corporate debt restructuring cell i mean you know for example kingfisher airlines i think went through two three rounds of uh, efforts at restructuring uh, so it's not that there was no effort at restructuring so so we 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 got this problem because of the fact that we have put the burden of finance of a certain kind on banks which should not have been put on banks which uh, sometimes gets concealed by you know focusing on some fraud here and some fraud there etc but there is a deeper structural problem and i don't know how that is going to be handled in the in, in in the coming years because unless that is handled these kinds of liquidity maturity and risk mismatches can actually generate uh, even in good times because a lot of these these in these this lending and investment occurred between 2003 and uh, 2009 you know which was a high growth period in the indian economy so so i do think that that we do have a problem which needs to be addressed in in a larger sense of of what's what's the route to a most more appropriate way of financing development mr ajit do you see any uh, role that the ownership of banks itself plays in terms of like the accumulation of debt i agree with what mr chandrashekar said that uh, the asset liability mismatch you know uh, the as he said the development financial institutions which existed earlier were supposed to fund large uh, you know longer duration long digestion projects and therefore the source of their funding and the deployment of their funding was there to match that now when you mentioned uh, you know the large amount of npas were created because of this mismatch that commercial banks by their very nature are not supposed to have very high share of long uh, long gestation uh, loans uh, especially in infrastructure and when the infrastructure sector had a downturn for various reasons that contributed uh, substantially to the npa problem so uh, there is of course a proposal to bring back a dfi uh, and that was announced in the budget and certainly that that is of the need if you want to have uh, you know you can also tap into funds like pension funds and insurance funds which are long you know which by by their very nature are long long duration funds and of course the development of a, a, a deeper a more liquid bond market on ownership of banks i think uh, a lot of research has shown that uh, it can you know ownership it's you know the performance of banks is ownership neutral but so the key element is actually uh, the governance and uh, in the sense that uh, if it is even under public sector ownership if it is board driven there is the famous uh, pgni committee uh, report on reforms on on governance of uh, public sector banks i don't see why there should be any difference so i think uh, public sector bank performance can be on par with private sector banks and and vice versa meaning uh, it all depends on uh, the governance standards followed uh, the you know keeping it board governed and uh, and minimizing Uh, political interference or so minimizing other you know let the banks function and be accountable to the boards and be accountable to the investors or shareholders I, i'm i'm sure and an alignment of incentives between management and 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 the uh, and the owners i don't see why the performance uh, cannot be on par so ownership per se i don't think uh, is as significant as the 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 structure and the system of governance yeah Okay, I have a final question. Like, how do you see the future of the uh, bank going forward? Uh, like, when you compare with what's happened with other countries, are there any clues that we could take from bad how bad banks have worked in other countries? So, uh, I believe there have been successful, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
bad bank experiments uh, in say Malaysia and uh, there's a, st a success story which is the Dhanarhatta Bank in Malaysia which is studying actually a huge success and in, in, in reversing the banking mess in that country there were bad banks successfully deployed in, in South Korea if you look at the TARP the troubled asset relief program of uh, USA uh, they bought, uh, you know, the TARP bought bad debts worth $427 billion uh, in 2008 as part of the Lehman, the financial crisis. And they and they recouped uh, $443 billion. So they bought debts, uh, bad debts worth $427 and they actually recouped $443, making a, a neat profit of uh, $16 billion. So there have been uh, several ex uh, successful implementations of this uh, bad bank uh, mechanism. In, in other countries. Mr. Chandrasekhar, your take. The point is, uh, you know, finally, what they, the, the, the issue is the following. What is going to be the level of recovery and how is the burden of under-recovery going to be distributed? So, you know, I, I don't know, you know, so, so, you know, when you say that can a bad bank be successful, we have to also define by what we mean by successful. Is it going to be successful in terms of uh, at the end of the day saying that, okay, we've got all of this bad debt off the books of banks. Or is it going to be successful if you say that, listen, we did that and we got 40% of, uh, of uh, admitted claims uh, recovered. Uh, the way I would look at it is that the experience so far through a number of mechanisms, um, each time mechanism developed and revised and improved, whatever it may be, uh, has not been that in terms of both the ability to be able to, within a reasonable period of time, reduce the volume of bad debt in significant measure. So both in terms of the time as well as the extent of the haircut which was which was taken. And as I said, it can be differentially distributed. I mean, the government takes 15% perhaps, the banks take, uh, you know, maybe another 40%. I don't know what's going to be the distribution finally. But, as a, but there's no reason to be optimistic based on our historical experience. But uh, we need to see and then look at these figures. It's not just whether we got rid of the bad debt. It's really that the make the way in which the, the, the time frame and the burden distribution which will determine whether it was successful or not. Thanks to both of you. I think yeah, it was a great discussion. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.